Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to episode number 14 of Amber on Podcast. I am so happy to be here today with you because we're talking about my very favorite person, my hero, my ultimate, the dude I love the most, James Altucher. Mr. James Altucher hosts a podcast called The James Altucher Show. If you've listened to the show before, you will have heard me speak of him. I adore him. He is brilliant. And this show is no exception whatsoever. He has a great guest. Her name is Nell Scovell, and she is a prolific writer and uh, showrunner. And if you haven't heard her name before, you've definitely seen or heard of her shows. She wrote and directed Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She's also been one of the few female writers in the room in several comedy shows and prolific late night shows, rather David Letterman. She's also written for Charmed, The Simpsons, Coach, and Murphy Brown. And, you know, first of all, I have to commend James for always having women on his show, a lot more women than a lot of other podcast hosts that I follow or shows that I follow. Now, I tend to follow a lot of shows that have hosts or have hosts that have careers that I admire, people who have done things that I think are great that I would like to model myself after. And that, in turn, is why I share them with you, because I think that they're helpful, helpful ways, helpful perspectives in order to, to continue to live our lives and to flourish. So James, of course, is no exception. The trouble that I have with a lot of the people that I follow who have careers like I, I am going my Myself towards they tend to be primarily men and I only get their perspective well it's a little it's helpful indeed but not as helpful as when they have a woman on their show and they have a woman give her perspective and I have to say that most of them don't have a lot of women James for me definitely has the most so props to James thank you so much for having Miss Nell Scovell on your show and I'm gonna share with you guys a few experiences that Nell shared about business in general and about the female experience and some uh, things that I think we all need to keep in mind So, let's start the show. There are three key points that really registered with me and three things that I want to share with you guys that Nell Scovell brought up in her interview with James Altucher. Now, the first of which is that, of course, she's a writer, she's a director, she's a showrunner, which if you guys don't know, I had to look this up myself. Showrunner just basically means they are overall everything. They make sure the show goes according to their plan and they oversee everything. So that's the top, top level that you can be on a network series. She was this for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is a great show and uh, was airing on TGI, TGI. GIF back in the day, 90s, uh, starring Melissa Joan Hart. You probably have seen it or heard of it if you've never watched it, but it's actually quite enjoyable. So at any rate, Nell is sharing a lot of her experiences with Hollywood. And one of the first things that she brings up is that is her frustration, a frustration that she has with working on shows and working in Hollywood in general on different projects, a frustration that I thought was so directly correlated with any business and in general and in the way that organizations run that I wanted to share it with you guys. And that she said her biggest complaint was that shows were being run ego driven mission or instead of being mission-based according, you know, running according to the mission, they are ego-based and run according to people's egos and people wanting to get credit for things or people wanting their ideas to be used. And the the overall theme here is that there's not a team working to, towards the mission of the show. 
which, and let's take the example of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She had a very different experience working on that show because everybody was keyed into the mission of the show. They knew exactly what the show needed to convey. They knew exactly how it needed to be presented and the message that they wanted to portray and to leave their their viewers with. Now, the problem that most organizations run into is they have no idea what the answer to all of those things are. Now, certain people may have their own different version of what they may be, but it doesn't. they're not shared by the whole. Each individual person, each individual's ego ends up running the show in their small capacity. And then it causes a lot of friction and dissent and confusion when it comes to actually completing the show and completing the mission, which is to finish the work. Now, I bring this up because it was really, really challenging for me in all of my jobs, but especially in the last career that I had as a in corporate in that. There was nobody in the building who knew what the mission of the organization was. There was simply people that were going around functioning, doing their jobs, and competing with those other egos that were in the building and in the organization. So the point that I want to illustrate here is is something that Simon Sinek mentions in his book. It's all the, the subject matter of this book, the start with why. And when you have your why understood, people know what the reason they're coming to work for is, why they're there, what the mission is, what they need to accomplish, and that they're all working towards a common goal. When you have that, that's the best an organization can run. That's how a best team runs. When you don't have that, it's a muck. It's a disaster. It's a shit show. If you work in corporate America and you think that you might be experiencing this, it usually manifests itself as a bunch of people who work for the same company fighting over how things should be done, who should do that, who do a better job, who's doing a better job in general, answering emails, coming in early. There are all these checks and balances to be able to make sure other egos are in check compared to oneself. Now, the alternative is when you don't have the ego at play and you're only caring about the mission, that is your primary focus and you don't give a fuck what anybody else is doing or who's getting the credit as long as the company is thriving and the mission is being accomplished. Make sense? Now, the second point that Nell Scovell brings up in this interview with James Altucher is the difference that she experienced while working on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And James asks her, why was it so different? And she says that it had an overwhelmingly female writer's room and a mostly female cast. By which making the female experience part of the show, of the production of the show, is actually being represented by females being in the room and at the table. This is really, really important for us all to remember. Because what we fail to remember as a society on on a whole, as a world on the whole, is that most of the time, females are not being represented. They're not in the writer's room. They're not the showrunners. They're not a majority of the cast. And not only is that true in Hollywood, of course, but that's true in every inch of society. Everywhere you go, most of the time, majority of the time, that will be the case. And that's why I, I... want to bring up the the Me Too movement, too, because a lot of people tend to sleep on the Me Too movement and that it's created from, they, they believe that it's created from Hollywood and the source is Hollywood and it is therefore only associated with Hollywood and the struggle that they're experiencing. And of course, you have Harvey Weinstein over here raping anything he can get his hands on and so on. But the point of it is, is that what we all need to remember is that the Me Too movement is just a, a representation of what's going on on a larger scale. It just so happens that Hollywood has a platform in order to represent these ideas. Not every female... Not every victim has said platform or the strength and bravery, the courage to be able to go up and give her story on said platform. You have to keep in mind, most people aren't even really ready to share anything remotely giving a clue about their real life on social media, let alone share some story about how they were victimized. 
So the fact that the Me Too movement is housed, is 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 so prolific in Hollywood and so popular there and has really been represented well there is simply because they have the stage for which to speak. Not that it's only there. They're just the ones with the biggest stage. Now, bringing it back to there being so many females working on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, one of the things, one of the examples that Nell gives about how this manifests itself in an actual show, an actual production in real time, an example that you can actually see for with, you know, and understand with your own with your own mind, comes in the form of of a show, an episode in which they had Sabrina go off to a ski resort and she meets a ski instructor there, and the ski instructor ends up leaning in to give her a kiss, and she kind of pulls back a little. And his response to that is, oh, I sense you're uncomfortable. Would you like me to take you back to the lodge? And Nell says in that moment, she was she was showing consent. This is what consent looks like. This is how it feels. And she was mirroring exactly what that means to her as a female. Now, this cannot be done if you have a man writing the show. They don't have the experience to think about these circumstances in this way. They can only draw from their own experiences, like the rest of us. The equivalent would be a bunch of women getting together and writing an all-male show, all-male subject matter. Does anyone think for a minute that that would be an accurate or good way to portray portray the male experience? As if we had all females writing and portraying and saying what the male experience was, that makes no damn sense. And here we are. Here we are. So I think that's a really great example to show exactly how deficient we are in including women and having them sit at the table and having them be in these important management roles and having them be an equal part of the workforce, an equal part of society's decision making, because they are an equal part of society. Now, it takes reminders like this for me to really be reminded, because like the rest of us, I too have been conditioned to sort of accept this as part of society and not really give a second thought to the fact that women haven't been considered in so many areas. I mean, taking the example of the tampon tax and the feminine product tax, like obviously that was decided by a man who was deciding things that impact the female experience. And that's something that we've accepted because, you know, we've been oppressed for so long. And once you start to be oppressed, that becomes a way of life. You know, that's the, that's the normal for you. But the reason I bring this up is that we actually, we have a choice here. And I've heard so many women older than I am, women that live through the civil rights movement in the 70s and 60s, and they say to me, they say, I really didn't think we were going to go back. I thought we were going to go forward. I thought things were going to get better for women. And I'll be damned if I get to the point where I'm sitting back at 60 years old thinking the same thing. I want to know that I'm doing something to to play to do my part and to make a difference because it is such a major issue. And I would hate to see another group of girls. I see all these little girls running around today and have to just tell them, like, you're going to have some really significant hurdles to get over and you're never going to be treated equally to a man. I don't want to have to share that news, guys. So let's work together here. (laughs) Let's work together, okay? Do more good. In conclusion, the three biggest points I want to leave you guys with, again, the reminder that if you're working for a company and your day-to-day involves working for an organization or a business that is ego-based and not mission-driven, be aware of that. I know it's incredibly challenging. I suffered greatly at the hand of this ego-based mission uh, at my last at my last job, like I mentioned before. And I think this first step to being able to to manage that and deal better with that experience, because it is really tumultuous and negative and can be really draining on on a person, on your soul and your light and your energy. I think once you are aware of what's 
taken hold in that situation, you are better able to deal with it, just acknowledging that that indeed is happening and that people aren't mission-based. Um and then you can start to deal with things and you can start to decide how you want to go forward in dealing with that situation. Because like I mentioned before, it's a big thing to overcome. I tried before. I tried to make things better at a company once and it is almost impossible unless you are the key decision maker. So don't make the mistake that I did and don't think that you are capable of really changing the entire, the entire atmosphere and the entire attitude of an entire organization if you are, if you are not heading up the organization. It's very hopeful and optimistic. Like I said, that's what I suffer from as well. But it's not very realistic and it is really, really draining on you. So I just want to give a shout out to all my people who are feeling drained from this sort of situation and just be aware of it and know that there are ways that you can deal with it. And if you have any more questions or you want some more insight, I have some great tools that I'm happy to share with you guys. So just reach out and let me know on social media or on my website. Number two, assume that the female perspective is not being represented in anything that you do or you see. Because it's mostly going to be true. Statistically speaking, the numbers show that we are not being represented as females. And I've covered this in the show before in companies and in politics and in Hollywood. And it's really, it's every single place. If we could all be conscious and help remind each other and ourselves of the fact that women do not have a seat at these decision-making tables and aren't part of this construct of society that we've created, we can start to help to undo some of it. We can start to help change some of these some of these issues. And it starts with actually having women come to the table and have the conversation. So as a woman having a conversation, I would like to invite other women and men to also have the same conversation because it's very, very important. I speak from my heart. I speak from my truth. And I mean it when I say that I don't want to have to see the rest of these girls grow up the way that I did and have to overcome the hurdles and the struggles that I have. I want to leave the the world a better place than how I found it. And I believe that's how we all feel about this. It's just this is the first time that I've really experienced myself in my life that society is really goaled toward this, toward this goal of making equality happen. And they have really great females that are taking the lead and, and having a voice and demanding that they are heard and demanding that change is happening. That's why I say don't sleep on the Me Too movement. It's not some glitzy glamour thing that they're just doing to for publicity, for, for marketability. I truly believe that that is the biggest platform and that's why we call attention to it in that manner and that we all have to do our our part every single day to make sure we're doing something to actively work against this oppression takes a village guys and girls and you know one of the most powerful things that Nell said in this interview is she said that when women speak out when women speak up for themselves and they say me too or they they share their stories and their experiences we call them brave we call them brave because we are acknowledging the power that these men have. And we're acknowledging that only a brave woman could stand up to that. It's a big deal, and it does take bravery. So to all my lovely, beautiful ladies out there, be brave. I'm going to be brave, too. This is brave. I get nervous every time I make a podcast, but I do it anyway because I know that it's important to get my message out there because I have something good to share and I want people to know the information and the answers that we have at our disposal and that there are people actively working toward making things better. It's hopeful. It's optimistic. So it keeps the world going and what makes us all motivated to do great things in our lives. So women, be brave and do more good for more people most of the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to episode number 14 of Amber on Podcast. Thank you, thank you to Nell Scovell and to James Altucher for providing me with such great material to use, to cover, to share with you guys, and a really important message that I am very, very 
passionate about. If you guys are interested in listening to the full episode that I cover here, I will link it in the show notes. There are also some really great interviews with Nell Scavell on YouTube, which I'll link as well. Some of my favorites. As you guys know, James Altucher is my favorite human and personal hero, so definitely check out his podcast. It is great. Until next time, you can follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or email me at my website, mytalkingdollars.com. You'll find the show notes there. And please, if you would be so kind to subscribe, rate, review, that would be the best thing you could possibly do for me so I can make sure I'm doing a good job for you guys. Until next time, do more good for more people most of the time. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. One last thing. One of my favorite podcasts of all time, the one I've been listening to for the last 10 years at least, and I can't believe I haven't told you guys about this one yet or recommended it, but it's called Away With Words. And it's on NPR, and it's hosted by Grant Barrett and Martha Barnett. And it's a, it's a show about words and how we use them and language and what they mean and the phrases and the words and the dialect and its study of etymology. And it's a great show. I talk a lot about people that I like listening to because of the sound of their voice. It's a very soothing voice. They calm. They don't have as much hype in their voice as I do. And this is exactly that show. They're super calm. They're really nice. The way that they flow between each other and they have callers that call in and ask questions as well and with their callers is very fluid and and very peaceful and very helpful and very knowledgeable. So you get to learn, you get to relax, and it airs every Saturday on NPR. I'll link it in the show notes. And thank you, Grant and Martha, for being the shit for like 20 years. See you guys next week. Thank you. Love you. Bye.